0: This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
1: You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively and get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, David Leo, and today, it's me, myself, and I. As uh, Jason Cook is on, he's gone all the way to Europe for a family wedding, and he's given me my training wheels, and now it's uh, me taking it on. But I'm going to continue our series on the Minor Prophets. We've been talking about the Minor Prophets. Last couple of episodes, we looked at uh, Nahum, and uh, the first one we looked at was Abadiah. And so we continue on, and today we're going to talk about Habakkuk. And uh, one of the things you should have noticed is that in the last few episodes, the common theme that we keep seeing, because what I've been wanting to do is the series prior to the series was the seven roles of Christ, looking for Jesus in all of the Bible. So let's pick the minor prophets and let's, uh, let's figure out, well, how do we see Jesus? In these books. And one of the things that we've been seeing in, in both Obadiah uh, and Nahum, we see Jesus as judge, Jesus as deliverer, or as Michael, right? And one of the things we see is judgment and deliverance. And one of the sad things is the prophecies of Isaiah and Jeremiah are starting to come into fruition, right? Israel are being ruled over by various nations, palmed off like an AFL ball. And in Obadiah, we saw the Edomites mocking Judah, and Nahum, Nineveh, the capital city of the treacherous Assyria. And now the Chaldeans in the book of Habakkuk. This is what we're going to look at now. And uh, as we look at Habakkuk, we're going to look at how how we can trust God in chaotic times. Before we do that, really curious, uh, really curious. I always thought about this since I've been on radio, is uh, how do our listeners listen in? Uh, are you often driving or are you... Sipping on a hot drink in the, in the dining room while the radio is on? Uh, are you doing the gardening You know while you're listening to this? Are you listening through earphones? We'd love to hear from you. So keep, keep our number on your phone as uh, we go through some questions uh, during our program. 4 880 891 And also, we've got a free book offer later on. We're all going to give a code and you can text in also. When you text in the code, we can get that free book offer as well. But we're looking at uh, the the book of Habakkuk. Um, and it's only three chapters. Short, short book. But let's look at what, what it offers us. What's the richness of it? And also, again, how do we see Jesus in these um, in this book? I'm going to start off with Habakkuk verses 1 to 3. I probably won't read everything. I mean, let's, I'm going to read snippets bits that I, I think are really important. But Habakkuk... Uh, 1 verses 1 to 3. It says this. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear. Or cry to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed. And justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Here we can hear the prophet Habakkuk. He's not happy. He's making a complaint. He's uh, basically um, having a having a bit of a whinge, right? And we will probably we'd probably think, um, you know, is he is this not rude of a prophet to do this? Are they? Is he permitted to do this? And um what what we what we learn from this is Habakkuk is exercising faith. Right? He's exercising faith in, in this in this regard. And so we see here uh the first thing, how long, how long shall I cry for help? That's faith. Calling on God to to, to do something, right? And the funny thing here is what you're gonna learn is he's not actually talking about another nation like Nahum, and, um, and the book of Abadiah, he's talking about his own people. He's looking around his own people and saying, wow, we've got, we've got some idol worshipers happening here, we've got people that are cheating others, we've got uh, injustice happening everywhere, and God, how long would you look at your people and do this? I mean, how many of us have done that, right? How many of us have looked at our own communities, whether you're part of a church or part of a, uh, a club or something, and you're like, man people aren't following the rules. You know, people aren't doing what we're supposed to. We're not representing what we're meant to do and what we're called to do, right? We're doing something totally different. And he's having a complaint and he's not going to the people and complaining. He's going directly to God. And so we see here that there must be some type of relationship between Habakkuk and God that he has the the, the confidence. Yeah, the confidence. I was about to say audacity, but no. He has the confidence to speak to God in such a way where he's like, hey, um, I'm crying for help, and you're not hearing? You know, can't you see the violence, and you're not doing anything about it? Uh, and so he calls unto God. You know, it's funny, it reminds me of a, a saying that I heard when I first moved to Australia. I'd never heard of it in New Zealand. But when I moved here, sometimes you ask somebody, how do you, hey, how do, you do? How are you, how you doing? And somebody would say, ah, there's no use complaining. Perhaps you can finish the sentence, right? There's no use complaining, and you probably would go, oh, yeah, I know what to yeah, there's no use complaining because nobody listens. <laughs> when I first said that, I had a bit, of a, a bit of a chuckle. I was like, hey, that's funny. I've never, never heard that before. But, you know, there are times we complain and there are times we uh, just want a solution. Now, I don't know which camp you're in. Maybe you can teach through which camp, which camp are you in, right? Are you the, the type that likes to talk it out, complain about things and, and voice it out? Or are you the type that just wants to find a solution, you know, it reminds me of a a time where uh, my wife and I, before we got married, she was, she, got a, she got a job after uni and she was having some issues at the job, right? And she'll tell me about these issues. Every day she'll talk about these issues and I'll give you some solutions. I'm like, hey, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And she'll shut down. And I remember one night she was like, David, you know, if you could just listen, right? If you just listen, I, I don't want you to, I, I, don't, I don't want you to do anything about it. And this totally confused me as a young man. I'm like, what? What do you mean you don't want a solution, right? So I talked to my one of my mentors about it. I'm telling him, David, oh, David's doing the wrong thing. Just listen, man. You know, just... <laughs> and so I did. Next time, he said, you know, if you, if you want to talk, just bite your knuckles. So she's going on. It's about 45 minutes into the conversation. I'm just mm and ah and I start biting my knuckles. And after about an hour and a half of her just letting it off her chest, she just leans on my shoulder. Oh, I love you, Dave. This is why I'm like, What? Totally confused, right? Just listening, no, no, no solutions, which confused me. It confuses me to this day. It still works, and uh, yeah, which can't be you. You either complain or the give solutions. But but Jesus, he hears, listens, and then Habakkuk, he wants to hear a he wants to hear a solution. He wants to, hear, what are you going to do about it, right? And so the response comes, and it doesn't come the way that uh, Habakkuk was expecting. Basically, the Lord speaks. That's that's how the Habakkuk says it. He says, For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. Before, For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation who marched through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings, not their own. I'm reading from verses 5 and 6. I'm not going to read the rest. But basically, he says, I'm calling on the Chaldeans to come bring judgment. Just like Isaiah said way back, he said the Babylonians are going to come. Right, And they're going to be instruments of judgment for God and So God says, yeah, the Chaldeans are coming This is what they're going to do They're like this and they're like that And then Habakkuk's response From verses 12 to 17 He says, oh, in verse 12 He says, are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One We we shall not die right? He's saying, aren't you the one Aren't you the infinite God Aren't you the one that knows the end from the beginning Aren't you the one that just, You can't let this happen Right O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, Habakkuk. Yeah, you're starting to realize what's going on here. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong. Why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? How can you call the unrighteous to come judge the righteous? Wow. You know, he said, man, the people, the people, Lord, they're, they're not doing right. They're doing, they're doing terrible. And, and Lord, what are you going to do about it? The response from God isn't the response he would have liked to hear, but he gives him the answer. I'm calling on the Chaldeans to come and bring the instrument, you know, to, be, to be the one. Now, here is something that we get an insight into, uh, into God's character. Not only is he willing to incline his ear or give us the time to listen to our complaints, he has a response for each and every one of us, right? And, and God, his shoulders are big enough and his thighs are thick enough to take on everything that we've got to complain about. We're going to talk more about this in, in, the, in the next segment in chapter two. But what we find out from this God of mercy and grace, of justice and judgment, He's willing to listen to everything that you got to say. So, that saying, that Australian saying, is to say, hey, uh, you know, there's no use complaining because nobody listens. Well, guess what? <laughs> I know somebody that's got to listen. Jesus Christ is willing to listen to everything that you got to say. Everything that's burdening you right now, everything that's uh, bothering you right now. And I, you know, things are coming to my head as I say that. I know. That I can take this to God And in faith I know that He's willing to listen To listen, And He's got some um, He's definitely got some uh, Some answers for me Praise the Lord for that And so this song This song I'm about to listen to now This is by Maletta Fong And the song's called Pray On um. Hey Pray On um, Talk to God
0: was paralyzed by fear, when they heard a mighty multitude was quickly drawing near. But as they prayed for deliverance, the victory would begin. For when...
1: To Tazzy, encounters on faith of fame with David Leo, and we're talking about Habakkuk and trusting in God in chaotic circumstances. We just finished uh, going through Habakkuk one, and we find that we're we're dealing with a God who is willing to listen to our complaints and our whinging, right? And not only that, He's willing to give a response. And Habakkuk, he's he's complaining about his nation, Israel, the sins, the way that the they're not behaving as the way they're supposed to. Influenced by the surrounding nations, he says, God. What are you going to do about this violence, injustice, all these things happening around us? What a great prayer to pray. How long, O oh Lord? How long will you will you do this? And then we jump into Habakkuk, Habakkuk two, and uh, he's got the answer. Habakkuk didn't like the answer that came from God. God said, "I'm calling on the Chaldeans. They're going to come and uh, they're going to be my instruments of judgment." And he responds and says, "Oh Lord, why why would you do this? You know, uh, you know, when, <laughs> why why is this going to happen?" And Habakkuk says, in chapter two, I want read chapter two, verses one to three. It says, uh, Habakkuk speaking: "I will take my stand at my watchpost and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. He's waiting for the answer. He wants a, he wants to get another response." and what i will answer concerning my complaint he's ready to give a response to the response the cool thing about habakkuk is he's willing to enter into a conversation an engagement with god i want to encourage you to do that enter into an engagement now this is this is how you build a relationship here here it is in verse 2 and 3 and the lord answered me praise god answers answers us and these are the words often quoted you often hear this quoted amongst Seventh-day Adventists if you know 7 day Adventist and prophecy, we're trying to work out what is God trying to tell us. What's the vision of God so we can tap into that as well? We want to see things the way God sees things. I hope you took note of what I just said then. And so verse 2. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain or tablets, so he, the messenger, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. It's going to happen. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. We see a couple of things here, right? <clears throat> we see in uh, verse 1, Habakkuk takes action when he's waiting for the response. It says here, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. Now, why would you do that? When you station yourself in the tower in the ancient cities, you're able to see the armies coming in. You're able to see the messengers running out. You're able to just just uh, scour the horizons and get a pers- better perspective of what's happening around you. This is a very good thing to do when uh, you're in situations like this. For believers, like for myself, I wonder, text three, Uh, Here's the number, 048880891. Is there something you do to change your perspective? In times of chaos, in times of when you're in dire straits, what do you do to change your perspective? Here's something I try to do. When we're in our situations, unfortunately, our human nature and our sinful being, we really get caught up in ourselves. You know, for example, say so let's let's say for a situation in the workplace, like my wife was in. Let's say in the workplace, I know that there are people that are uh, meddling with my work and and making me seem like somebody that's trying to sabotage things at work, and it's not me, it's not my doing. When you're caught up in that, you could really go into the oh, woe is me, you know, the self pity. Uh, Situation, and then when you're caught up in that, the whole world that you can see is only you in this situation, right? And what I need to do in a situation like that is take myself out of the way I see things and try and see things from maybe a fellow worker's perspective. What are they perceiving right now, right? Take myself out even further. What's my wife seeing? How are my children perceiving how I am right now at home? And here's the thing that God encourages us to do: try and see things the way that God sees it. What's another word for that? What is another word for when we see things the way that God sees things? Sees it. It's called faith. <laughs> it's called faith. You know, if you go to a um, if you get a Hebrews eleven. Here's a, great, here's a great exercise. If you go to Hebrews 11 and it's called the Hall of Faith, it goes through people from way from the beginning, Abraham, Joseph, yeah, Jacob, David. And you replace the word faith with they had seen things the way that God sees it rather than they had faith. You'll see, wow, when you see things the way God sees it, what you're doing is exercising faith. And often when I do this, When I try and put myself into the perception of God, how does God see this right now? And he sees a man that is whinging and complaining and woe is me. And then I realize, wow, I'm one out of so many right now. Uh, This situation isn't as bad as I thought it was, right? As far as God's concerned, there is a way of escape here. And I start claiming Bible verses and, and, and promises, Right, and I start seeing. Wow, when I see it the way God sees it, this isn't this isn't such a big deal. Now, I don't mean to downplay our situations. What I'm trying to say is, God is much bigger than our problems. That's what I'm trying to uh, to get through. So, again, if you could text through, what what do you do to change your perspective? Right. So he sees things the way that God sees things. Another thing that we we read here, and. In in Habakkuk 2, verses 1 to 3, it says, The Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. God will always keep his promise regardless of how long it takes. And it says, if it seems slow, what is it? Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Right so here 's another thing that Habakkuk is encouraging us to do waiting on the Lord. <laughs> what does that mean? What does waiting on the Lord mean? What are we supposed to what what are we supposed to do here when we wait on the Lord now what we 've seen is Habakkuk is actually active in waiting in the Lord. What did he do he said i 'm going to go to the watch post i 'm going to look at things from there listen to um Listen to the way that uh, Paul puts it. Right? Paul says in uh, Romans eight verse eighteen. He says, "For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us." I'll read that again. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. When he says, "For I consider," that word "consider" in the Greek. It is, uh, I've sat down, and I've done the math, I've done the calculations, and I've worked out with the whippings that I've had, with the rocks that have been thrown at me, with um, you know people mocking me and persecuting me, whatever. I've put that all together, and I've accumulated all these things that I've been through, and in the end, he says, I see that it's not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Paul Is exercising faith. He understands. He understands what it means to wait on the Lord. Amazing. In Job. The book of Job. If you know the story of Job. He's a man that is familiar with suffering. In Job 23 verses 8 to 10. He says this. Behold I go forward. But he is not there. And backward. But I do not perceive him. And on the left hand. When he is working, I do not behold him, or turn to the right hand, but I do not see him. Man, have you ever felt that way? Can't see God at work. When you're praying, it's just hitting the, hitting the ceiling, not going anywhere. And verse 10, uh, verse, 19, uh, verse 10 says, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. Job understood what it means to wait on the Lord. What are we talking about here? <laughs> we're talking about um we're talking about a a situation where we feel we feel and think we can't see God, but the fact of the matter is God can see us. And that's what matters. When we go through the trials, we're gonna come out as gold. In fact, you've probably picked up something in Habakkuk 2, uh verses 1 to 3, right? Actually, is a quote from Paul himself that he uses a lot, and it means everything. It means so much to me. (laughs) I'm going to read it in King James Version, because I heard a preacher preach it this way, and I love the way it sounds. Romans 1 verse 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live like Paul and Job said, and Habakkuk said, the just shall live by seeing things, The way God sees it. So Habakkuk's giving us a really good lesson. The just shall live by faith. Those who are righteous in God shall see things as God sees it. So within all our complaints and everything that we're uh, we're thinking to ourselves, you know, Bob and Jane, they're not pulling their weights and whoever, maybe it's our parents, our spouse, our children. Hey, listen, exercise some faith. See it the way that God sees it. And as Habakkuk's been teaching us You'll start to see some things That uh, you probably didn't see before Let God do His work Through you, in us And for us Because that's the way God is He's an awesome God And so this next song is called Word of God Speak By Mercy Me I hope it speaks to you I'm finding
2: myself had a loss for words, and the fun thing is it's okay the last thing I need is to be heard but to hear what you would say word of God speak Would you put Your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God speak. Finding myself in the midst of you, beyond the music, beyond the noise. All that I need is to be with you, and in the quiet, hear your voice. Pour down like rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty To be still and know That you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness The word of God speaks myself at a loss for words And the fighting is okay.
1: You're listening to Tez Encounters on Faith this FM This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio I did it again, I did this last week Still learning on my training wheels You're listening to Tez Encounters, it's me with Faith fame with David Leo, on my series, Minor Prophets. I've been talking about the topic of Habakkuk and trusting God in chaotic circumstances. So just summing up Habakkuk 1 and 2. Habakkuk 1, he does his complaints. God listens and responds. And Habakkuk doesn't like the response. So he calls on God again. Aren't you the righteous God? And you let unrighteous people judge the righteous. God responds again. right, And he says, uh, write on tablets. Make sure to you know. Make sure to wait. Be patient is the call that uh, God gives to to Habakkuk. And now we're going to jump to uh, in Habakkuk too. Like I didn't read this, but God responds and He does what He says. Woe to the Chaldeans! Basically, the Chaldeans are not going to last forever. They're going to be judged as well. So Habakkuk responds, and he in chapter three he has this huge prayer. A prayer to honor God. God, you are amazing. You're an awesome God. And at the very end, he, uh, oh, speaking of prayer, before I carry on, speaking of prayer, the book offer I've got today, it's called When We Pray for Others. There's a fancy word for that. You hear it in Christian circles. It's say an intercessory prayer. Basically, praying for others. Learning to pray for others really increases your faith. This book is written by Carol Shumick. And it's an insight into intercessory prayer. Oh, There's a fancy word. Insights into intercessory prayer when a personal crisis brought Carol Shoemaker to the feet of Jesus. She learned precious truths about intercessory prayer. She was led down a new path in her spiritual journey beyond prayers, centered on herself to prayers that embraced and uplifted others. In this practical book, Shoemaker shares valuable insights gained from her experience and shows how intercessory prayer can bring you greater joy. Blessings and closeness to God So I'll give you a code After the break In our next section So praying for others This is basically what Habakkuk's doing He's concerned for his people And he's calling on God Can you do something about it Can you intercede And so in chapter 3 he responds With this amazing prayer God you are the God of creation You did this and you did that You're an amazing Amazing God And in verses 17 to 19, this is where I'm going to go. This is where where it ends. But listen to what Habakkuk says. Chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive oil, of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Look, that's just verse seventeen. I'm telling you, that's a terrible situation, right? That's a terrible situation. This is, this is a, this is a person that is looking for work. It's got no money. I'm trying to, I'm trying to equate it to the, the type of situation we live in, right? It's got no money, getting no food. Um, you know, they can't see anything, anything forthcoming, happening for them. All right, this is this is a terrible year in this ancient days. The far the, the land is producing nothing for them. What are they, they gonna do? And so Habakkuk says, even though our situation is like this, verse 18, yet I will I will rejoice in the Lord, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. <laughs> God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers, he makes me tread on high on my high places. Wow. How does that work? How do you rejoice in the Lord when the situation is looking really dim? Hmm, there's a there's, there's, that's a good question. I think uh, people want to ask that question. I mean when our situation is dim, you know I, personally I think to myself as I said in the last section, now where is God? Can God see what's going going on with me according to Job? Yeah he can. Maybe I can't perceive God but God can see me. God knows what's going on. What type of faith does that take? Uh, you know, I had, a, I had a personal situation where, um, when I was about to uh, marry my wife, my wife said, "I can't have children." All right, and then um, when we found out she was pregnant, we were praising the Lord at the same time. We were getting pretty scared because we weren't prepared to have baby at that time. But at the same time, we're like, "Wow, we can have kids." And so we, have, so we go and we do the checkups and things with the doctors and the, and they have this test that they do to pick up on markers and things like this. I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, they do the test and they come back, they give us the results and they tell us that our baby has seven markers for kidney and heart problems and Down syndrome as well. Now this threw us off. Like We weren't ready to hear any of this. All right, And one of the scariest things that, uh, that happened at that time, I remember it was probably the third or fourth checkup. My wife said, you didn't have to, you don't have to come with me this time. I'll go by myself. And she calls me up at work and she's a bubbling mess. She's crying. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, what's, what's going on? And, um, you know, I said, I, I said to her, look, I'll, I'll come pick you up. I'll come pick you up from the hospital. So I pick her up because I kind of understand what she's saying on the phone. Pick her up from the hospital and she's on the phone. And the thing that my wife's really upset about is that the doctor offered to, uh, terminate the baby. Now that never crossed our mind, right? That never crossed our mind. But I can tell you that when we we're praying for our for our child, when we we're praying over him in the tummy and asking God to look after him and prepare us and whatever, I remember one evening in our prayers, and there was a lot to do with intercessory prayer as well. My family was praying, my church was praying, and other friends praying, and so intercessory prayer had a lot to do with this, but. I remember. I remember one morning, probably it must have been two or three in, in the morning. I woke up, and uh, I troubled my wife. I woke her up as well. I said, "Hey, babe. I said, hey, babe, listen, I gotta tell you, I had this peace that overcame me, like um, that this, this just settled. I was really settled in my heart and mind. You know, I'd taken brochures, I had uh, looked up websites to find out how best to look after our child. Had them in our house everywhere. And I, was, and I felt like, man, I'm going to get myself equipped to look after this kid. And then there was just, just peace. It's all right. God just made it really, really clear. I'm going to look after I'll look after him. I'm going to look after you. And, you know, I shared with my wife. My wife was like, oh, man, that's great. But she was still feeling anxious. It was only a, th- a couple of weeks later when she woke me up. said, David, I'm there too. Like, whoa. So we're praising God. We are now rejoicing in the Lord. The rejoicing in the Lord is this. The situation isn't fixed. The situation isn't, uh, hasn't come to a conclusion, but we trust that God sees us. We trust that God has not left us nor forsaken us. And so this is a really important, uh, important thing to learn in our journey of faith as Habakkuk has showed us. You know, when, when the chips are down, and things don't look right, and things are wow, wild out of your, wild out of our, our hands. Rejoice in the Lord. Listen, uh, listen to what Paul says about this. This is in Philippians, four, verse eleven to thirteen. It says, "Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any." In every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Wow, what a great encouragement from Paul, right? Paul's talking to us about rejoicing in the Lord. In fact, Paul says in another letter, rejoice in the Lord always, he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Paul's learned that the best place to be is to understand when God said that I will be your God and you will be my people. There's something very intimate about that. And Paul realizes that's the best place to be. It's to understand that that I have a God that loves me with all his heart, all his mind, all his soul. And I will do the same. Right. This is awesome. Paul says this again in Philippians. Philippians 3 verse 8. This is why. This is the drive. He says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. He's come to the realization that there is nothing in this world that is worth losing uh, knowing Jesus Christ. You know, he's the <laughs> He's the best thing we got. He's he's everything we got. He's he's the without Jesus, we have nothing, literally. Right. And so when it comes to rejoicing in the Lord, even in the times of suffering, we are rejoicing that we know that not only does Jesus see us, Jesus understands us. And in the next section, where I want to give you the code to be able to claim this book. In the next section we're going to learn uh, how and why Christ is like this. You know, we will we'll, we'll see. Man, uh, Jesus did this for us, right? On the cross, Jesus did for, did this for us through the suffering. He he exercised faith. So stay stay tuned. I'll give you the code after the break so you can claim this book called. Uh, when We Pray for Others by Carol Shoemake. But we're going to get to a song. This song is by Lauren day and it's called Power to Redeem. He's got the power to redeem. You got it. Counters on faith of i 'm david leo we 've been talking on the topic of one of the minor prophets, Habakkuk and uh, just to sum up what we 've been talking about Habakkuk one it's about Habakkuk complaining about what 's happening with the people around him His god 's people God responds and says i 'm sending the Chaldeans as as uh, my instruments of judgment. Habakkuk responds again, "Oh wow, and you know, i like, you surely you want to do that um, you know you 're a God of infinite you 're the god of uh, Eternity And you're going to send the unrighteous to judge the righteous God responds again Although this is the vision It might take a while but it's going to happen And then the response That comes from Habakkuk is a prayer of praise God you're amazing And even in the times where The land's not producing And where things are not going The way that uh, You think it should go He will continue to rejoice In the Lord Wow, some lessons we're learning, how to wait on the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord, that we can actually come to God with our complaints and our whinging. He's going to listen. He's going to listen. We may not like the response, but know that God's best intention is He can see you. Although you may not see what God is up to, He can see you. He knows what plans He has for you. So we're looking at Habakkuk and trusting God in chaotic circumstances. Now, I promised a code. So you can claim an offer that we've got today. We've got six copies to give away. It's a book by Carol Shoemake. It's called When We Pray For Others. So the code is MINOR3 M for Mike I-N-O-R 3 No spaces. Just one word. Text that through to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, And we'll try and get that book to you as soon as we can. So there you go, um, Minor minus three to claim that book zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. What are we learning from Habakkuk? Oh, we got a got a um, response from Christine. Thank you for sharing your story this morning. What a powerful testimony! Amen. That's one I'll never forget. Uh, my heart goes out to you and your wife and family. Thank you, blessings. Thank you very much, Christine. I love my wife very much. We've got lots in the. We've got lots in the bank of blessings that uh, <laughs> we, we're in our time to die straight. Hey, here's another tip. Thank you, Christine. You just, you just reminded me of something that I could can, I can give you a tip on. In those times of difficulty, count your blessings. What, what has happened in the past where you go, hey, here is evidence for our faith, right? So we've got lots in the bank where we can just uh, look at it and go, man, you know, God's been good to us. It's, it's, let's not get, uh, you know, just last week, <laughs> just last week, my car, I need a new car, right, the alternator uh, broke and I had to replace it, had the, I've had the car for 16 years, my wife says, oh man, you know, because everything's been happening lately, May, maybe I talked about it on the radio, but a lot of things have been happening, we've been spending money, where we didn't want to take it out of the, you know, out of, the, out of that particular uh, petty cash or whatever, and we've been spending money there. Like, oh, I wish we didn't have to. And my wife was saying, oh, isn't it terrible to replace the alternator? And I thought, you know what? This is the first time we've replaced the alternator 16 years having this car. Blessing, right? We've got to count our blessings where we can. Change your perspective. Jump on the watchtower. So we learned that Jesus wants to, ha- to hear our complaints. The answers are found, guess where, in the Bible. I want, you to, t- I want to talk about my Jesus right now. This is the type of Jesus that I have. You learn about Jesus that goes and prays. And when he's praying, guess who he's often praying for? Others. Praying for us. And then Jesus, when he understands his mission, coming as the Messiah, coming as the Lamb that will take away the sin of the world. Not only, we, we often think about the suffering on the cross, but he was suffering in his living He was suffering In this prayer In the garden of Gethsemane it Says that he was sweating Drops of blood Right With you and me On his heart Before even going to the cross On the cross Right He's been given A crown of thorns He's got Forty-nine lashes Plus one There's These cuts open in his back And he has to Go on this Piece of wood Right. As he's doing this, and he's not only suffering this phys- this this physically, he's listening to the voices, the voices that Satan has influenced in this crowd calling on him, hey, why don't you take yourself down from that cross? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? This, that, and the other, mocking the creator of the universe. I hope you can I hope you can hear that I'm tapping into all the, the roles of Jesus Christ that we've talked about before. <laughs> Jesus, our Creator. Jesus, the one that will fight for us. Jesus, the one that will deliver us in any circumstance. Jesus, our Messiah, the one who will die on the cross, the one who holds our life in His hands, who will intercede for us, our High Priest. Right, and Jesus, as we wait upon the Lord and we keep rejoicing in the Lord, the same Jesus that will return. What am I saying? I'm saying that we should be like Habakkuk, right? We should be like Habakkuk. We should be calling on Jesus, Jesus, how long How long will you allow the world to be like this? How long with, with all the the wars, you know, all the gender identity, all the the inflation, all the con- all the injustices, the violence that's happening around the world, you know how long will you, will you not do anything about this? This call of faith, Jesus, please? Do something about this and listening to the response we have the Bible for Jesus to respond to us let 's actively wait as we actively wait and we take to the watchtower and we look and try to see things the way that God sees things we must share this with others we must pray for others you know it's important that we do this because we exercise the faith that God is calling us to exercise just like Habakkuk did so I encourage encouragement to all our listeners be like Habakkuk. You know, we have a Jesus on the cross who, in his suffering, he—the Bible says—he counted it joy. He counted it joy. He counted the sufferings joy for what was to come. What was to come? Eternal fellowship with his children, you and me. That's what he looked forward to. That's the reason why he went through what he went through is because he saw you, me, him, others. That he loves and are willing to respond with the how long and the "I trust in you and no matter what circumstance and this is what this is what uh, we're called to do, so I encourage you to do that. We have a Jesus that loves us next week continuing with the minor prophets, the book of Zephaniah, and um, tomorrow got David Maxwell and he's continuing his series um, the teachings of Jesus he went through the the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. And now, he's, tomorrow, he's going to talk about The Harvest. So join us tomorrow as uh, we get, in, get into that, The Harvest. And again, we've got the book. Uh, you can claim, minor three, or one word, minor three. Text it to 488 891 to claim your book. And so, uh, thinking of Habakkuk, make sure if you've got any complaints, you can bring those complaints to God. He's willing to listen. Be open with your mind, your hearing as he gives the response, and in anything, let's learn what it means to wait on the Lord, and also what it means to rejoice in the Lord, even in tough times. We have a Jesus, a Jesus who is willing and able to see you in your situation, and do anything he can. So the code again, minor three, all in one word, no spaces, zero four double eight. 880 891 and uh, I hope you get the book and for today I hope you do something where you can encounter Jesus more. I'll say Jesus loves you and I'll see you again. This is um this is Gregor Pilling with Jesus Canned and will. You can study all
3: the philosophies Having all the PhDs You can sleep on a bed that may be comfortable Having dreams that never end You can travel around and say Everything's going my way But there's a longing in your heart That isn't fear Jesus can and will fill your life with peace Never did anyone leave His presence without being changed For if anyone who's in Christ is a brand new man So let the light of Jesus shine throughout the land Friend. They seem to never end, and you searched in many places but never found that peace. But I know someone who will give you all the happiness you deserve. Surrender your. Jesus shine through us our-